The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 6, and if you'd like to follow it, it's on page 690 of the Church Bibles. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening. The second reading is taken from John chapter 10 uh, on page 1076 in your Bibles if you'd like to follow along, beginning at verse 7. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He who comes in and, and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. 
Father God, I pray that through your Spirit you would take my words and speak into our hearts and minds, that we might live more fully for the glory of your name. Amen. Well, tonight is a great day in the life of St. Jude's, as we welcome Neil and Debs, and as we license Neil as your new Associate Vicar. I say that, of course, aware that a very high proportion of the congregation actually are from Brockenhurst and the neighbouring parishes and are actually here, tinged with sadness as well, as you're releasing Neil. But we thank you both for the training and formation that you've given him over the last years and for your generosity in sending him to us. When I saw the coach outside and a stream of people coming off, I thought, wow, this is a guy who's either been much loved or who they really want to make sure <laughs> is moving on. You'll tell me afterwards which it is, I'm sure. But tonight is all about new ministry, a new calling, commissioning and licensing for Neil, and a new stage in the life together, the corporate life of this part of the body of Christ here at St. Jude's in Southsea. As Neil joins the team alongside Mike and Adam, Rowena and Ruth and Dominic and the rest of the ministry team here. And as we consider this theme of new ministry, I want to spend just a couple of minutes reflecting on the two Bible passages that we've just heard read for us. First, that wonderful vision that Debbie read from Isaiah chapter 6. That's long been one of my favourite Bible readings. So much so that uh, my wife Christina and I had it at our wedding 24 years ago. I don't think it's often chosen as a wedding reading. But I've always loved that reading. That is, until I became an archdeacon. And my fellow archdeacon, Joanne Grenfell, pointed out that that passage is an archdeacon's nightmare. It pictures a worship service in a building filled with smoke, where the sound of the worship is so large that the very doorposts are shaking. And then, if that's not bad enough, a seraph flies around with a burning hot coal in a tong, touching people's lips with it. It's the kind of scenario, it's a health and safety nightmare, kind of scenario that causes an archdeacon to wake up at three in the morning having nightmares. But when we think about this theme of ministry, this passage, I think, is absolute gold dust. For it tells us two vital truths. Firstly, that any ministry, your new ministry that starts this evening, Neil, but any ministry must be based on a calling from God. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord call, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he responded, Here am I, send me. Just as you, Neil, have heard the call of God and the call of his church to come here and join the family at St. Jude's as their associate vicar. Ministry based on God's call. That's great, and I think that's vital. It's vital to sustain you when ministry gets tough, when difficulties or frustrations or even opposition comes in ministry. It's vital to know that you stand and you serve where you do because of the clear call of God, a call that's been tested and affirmed by his church, and as we'll do a little later in our service, that's been affirmed in the responses and the promises that we'll make as part of this service tonight. We promise to continue to support and pray for you and actively work with you in the months and years ahead. 
So ministry must be based on a clear call from God. But Isaiah's experience here teaches us a second vital truth about any new ministry. And actually it's the one that comes first because it comes even before the call. It underpins and it's the foundation for that call. For before Isaiah could hear and respond to God's call to ministry, he first needed a vision. Not a vision of the work he was going to be called to do, but far more fundamentally, he needed to catch a vision of God. He needed to see the glory and majesty of God and of his status and need before God. By nature, a sinner condemned, unable even to stand, certainly unable to save himself. Woe is me, he declared, I'm doomed, but cleansed and made pure by the live coal from the place of sacrifice that touched his lips and purified him. And so for us, and this is for all of us, because as we know, ministry and calling isn't just for those of us who wear dog collars or those who are ordained or even those who go on to the church's payroll. We rightly believe in the priesthood of all believers. And that means we can all expect to hear and to respond to God's call in our lives. But if we're to serve him aright, then like Isaiah, we first need to catch a vision of God, of his glory, of his majesty. We need to be lifted up into the worship of heaven so that our ministry is first and foremost a flowing out, a response to our worship. Serving a living God because we worship the living God. And because, like Isaiah, we've been redeemed, purified and raised up by him. Those are Isaiah's two lessons for us as we think about starting on a new ministry. That it must be based on a vision of God and on a call from God. And then we turn to John. That wonderful reading from John, John 10 that Adam read. Where Jesus is, well take your pick, he's the good shepherd, he's the gate, he's the one who brings life to the full, he's the one who lays down his life. And from this gospel reading that's so rich, that has so many themes that we could unpack, I simply want to look back at verse 14, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. But you see, for Jesus, ministry was about relationship and intimacy and sharing life together. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And Neil, as you start your ministry here as associate vicar this evening, and Mike, and Adam, and each one of us called to be ministers together, whether full-time, part-time, paid, unpaid, lay, ordained, whatever it may be, I want to, the, to challenge and encourage each one of us. In the midst of all the busyness and the demands and the expectations of modern life and of modern church life, the courses and the programmes and the meetings and the training, even, dare I say it, the services and the sermon preparation, in the midst of so much busyness, I want to encourage you never to lose sight of the fact that relationships are key. Your relationship with the Father and your relationship with those who you're ministering to. And again, this is a message for everyone here, not just for the visible 
full-time ministers among us. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. At the end of every day in ministry, as we reflect back on the day, may we be able to echo those words. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Of course, Neil, as you come new into a church, especially one the size of St Jude's, you're not going to get to remember everyone's names from the start. Though this is Mike, just to give you a bit of a clue. And you're certainly not going to remember who's married to, to, to who, who's best friends with who, who likes working with who, who fell out with who 20 years ago and they still haven't quite got over it even though they can't remember what the argument was over. There'll be all those categories here as there are in any church. It takes time to get to know a congregation. But please, let's commit in our church and in our ministry to keep building relationships as a priority. If only because the devil tries so hard to get in and disrupt and destroy relationships that we know that they must be important. And as we do that, let's never be introverted and fall into the trap of turning the church into a cosy social club for those who are already members. For Jesus also said here, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. As we commit to building relationships, let's always be outward looking, giving ourselves to those around us, drawing others in to experience the love of God that we've experienced in Jesus. And so Neil, Debs, Mike, all of you who form part of this wonderful St. Jude's family, as you start this next chapter, this new chapter in your life together, may you ever catch a renewed vision of God's glory. May you build on that vision by hearing and responding to God's call on your life. And as you live out that call, may your relationships ever be growing stronger and more Christ-like. Your relationship with God, your relationships with one another, and your relationships with those outside the walls of the church who God is sending you to as he seeks to draw others also into his sheep pen. Let's be quiet for a moment and then I'll pray. Father God, we thank you, firstly, for giving each of us a knowledge, a glimpse of your glory. Thank you that in Jesus you've revealed yourself to us, that in Jesus you've come and touched our lives, purified us, that we might stand before you as worshippers, as servants, as ministers. Lord, as we pray particularly for Neil this morning, this evening, in his new ministry, Lord, I pray for each one of us that in the different ministries and settings that you call us to, May we be filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, to grow ever closer in our relationship with you, our relationships with one another, our relationships and witness to those out in the needy world. We ask in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.